Welcome to Light on Suitability podcast. I am here with Daryl, Sean, Michelle Garfinkel, and a very special guest, Willie Redmond. And he is a formerly incarcerated person, went from uh, that to eligible parolee to suitable parolee, and now successfully discharged parolee, I believe. And so he is here to talk about his journey from not suitable to suitable to granted to free to navigating the parole waters to discharge on parole and where he's at at time permitting. And so I want to, I think, just turn it over to you, Willie, and let you tell the audience who you are and your journey. And then the rest of us will probably chime in with questions as we go. Uh, good, good. First, like, let me say hi, Michelle. It's been forever. Uh, thought I'd never see it's you It's so again. nice to see you. It is, Same. it is, it is. Made I, my day. Good to see that you're still continuing in the work, right? And Thank Abdul, you. how you doing, bro? I'm doing wonderful, man. Thanks. You're looking good, bro. Thanks for seeing you. Good you. To see look you. at you. Look at you. Look at you. Yeah. Um, so where do I begin? Um, I came to prison August 4th, 1972. And uh, I was young. I was wild. I was a street gang member from Compton. Uh, I was angry. That's the one consistent thing that I can seem to be able to remember from maybe 10 or 11 years old. This, I carried this anger button with me, um, I don't know, for maybe 50 years of my life. And that's what propelled me through most of my life. Um, fortunately, I guess I was blessed with a halfway decent brain and a little bit of intelligence. So I guess my anger was intelligent too because I'm still alive. And I guess that's also a blessing. But my criminality started early and it continued through most of the years that I was in prison. Um, broken home, typical story. I carried it to the utmost came to prison and it wasn't enough to be a street gang member. I had to, you know, carry it to the next level. Um, and for those who know that that next level, for those on, on, the, on the podcast that know me, they know what that next level was. And for decades, that's what it was. The funny thing that I learned along the way from, you know, scars on my knees, lessons learned about people. The first lesson I learned in prison was hate. I didn't know it, but it was already in it. Prison gave me the opportunity to give like full reign to it. Kind of like full reign has been given to the political hate that's expressed, was expressed recently in the, in the capital of this country. But it gave me that. 
I had I had this opportunity for any rage I felt I could just take it out on anybody that didn't look like me. Why? Because the, my excuse was they would do the same to me. So it was all fair. And somehow I eked out not an existence in this crazy ass world that I was ushered into. And then I played the blame game better than anybody. I even wrote literature about, about it. And if you was not sophisticated, you would think, oh, wow. Yeah, this language is, is basically justifying these behaviors. You follow me? Because of who he is and where he's from and what he's been through. The saddest thing for me when I began to become enlightened, and it took a lot. It took trauma, it took tragedies, it took bad mistakes, bad decisions on my part where myself, it cost me more time, it cost people around me more time, it cost me to get hurt, it cost people around me to get hurt. All these things you carry which Then one day, I found myself walking on the yard and it was raining and I couldn't get into the, to my building. And um, this dude, this, this Hispanic dude that I knew who he was because we had been in the adjustment center together and I, and I knew he was the enemy. And that's how I saw him. And he kept on inviting me to come over to these meetings and stuff. I'm like, man, I ain't, what are you talking about, dude? I ain't trusting you. And this is after I had been in the shoe for a whole lot of years. He said, man, we need you over there. One day it was raining and I couldn't get in my building. And the only building that was open was the chapel. And I went over there and these dudes was gathered in there and they was all talking. But when they all turned around, I seen familiar faces from the shoe. Except only two other dudes looked like me. Everybody else was the enemy or who I had been trained and thought and taught was the enemy. But it was raining and I wasn't going back outside in that crap. They <laughs> be lying. I ended up taking a seat. So dude then was telling me they was trying to form California Gangs Anonymous. And I'm like, what the hell is that? So we start talking. He said, we're just now, hey, we're putting the format, we're developing, but we want input from everybody. He said, because, he man, you got a B number. He said, everybody in here, it was one A number. He said, you got the second oldest B number in this room. He said, we already know your track record. We know who you are. Sit down, man. We need somebody like you to legitimize what we doing. So I like, I listen. I didn't come back to the next meeting. I said, man, I, I still wasn't feeling dude. I seen dude in the chow hall a few days later. He said, man, what happened to you, man? The, the, the uh, Padre was waiting on you. Father Baptista, he was waiting on you. I got a ducket in the, in that night to go to the chapel the next day. So I go. Same 11 dudes, we all meeting again. We started putting it, the documents start getting created. Um, 
format was laid out and the program, California Gangs Anonymous was started, trademarked, copyrighted, and we began the whole meetings at Mule Creek. About a year and a half later, a dude came to me and he said, hey man, I, I like y'all format. I really love it, man. He said, I don't come over there though. He said, because I'm not a gang member. He said, I'm just, I just rob people and stuff, man. You know, he said, and uh, you know, I know another dude, he's just a hustler. He ain't a gang member, man. He, he you know, he alone, but he want to come over there because he like, you know, what y'all be talking about. So me and Richard got together, me, Richard and Tony, and we was talking. And he said, you know, that is true. He said, if you look at AA, you look at NA, other 12-step programs, he said, guess what? He said, they don't, they don't make a limit. He said, so what is a gang member? So what is a gang? A gang is simply two criminals in concert operating together to commit a crime. Say that again, Willie, say it again. <laughs> what is a gang member? A gang member is simply a criminal, one who operates outside the law. What is a gang? When two or more criminals operate in concert to commit a crime. You don't need a name, friends. You don't need a name. So ultimately, though, we came back and we said, man, the paperwork is already CGA. So how do we do it? And Tony said, the bright idea, he said, Richard, he said, instead of California Gangs Anonymous, simple criminals and gangs anonymous. That encompasses everybody. Then somebody said, well, what happens to a guy that's, that's got domestic violence or a sex abuse? So we wrestled with that. That was one of the things that just squabbled for like, I don't know, days, backwards and forwards. Back, we can't do that. We can't give them a pass. And their old criminal thinking start coming in, right? So my example was, we're in prison. Most of us sitting around here, we have committed the ultimate sin against God. We've taken the life, am I right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. I said, so sad as it may be, a victim of domestic abuse, even a victim of rape. Sometimes with recovery, with help, with, they can recover and, and go on and live a normal life. But if you snuff the life out totally, they have no opportunity. You've taken that opportunity for recovery from them. You follow me? So if that's the case and God think enough of this person for whatever reason to keep them coming up and giving them breath every morning, who am I to determine and to make that judgment? So we started thinking and we're backwards and forwards and everybody saw, oh, then man, you getting soft. <laughs> you getting soft on the issues. I said, no, I thought I was getting objective. But in any event, we ultimately grew up. And that was a pivotal yes. moment in Criminal Gang Members Anonymous. That was a pivotal moment in our growth as a program. That was a pivotal moment when we no longer barred because at first we wouldn't even let like like the homosexuals on the yard we wouldn't even let them come to meetings yeah. and at some point the doors got open and at some point guys that was just in prison you know guys that were in prison for pandering 
guys that were in prison for burglaries, guys that were in prison for GTA, everybody began to understand and to, to, to internalize the principles of criminals and gang members anonymous because in point of fact, we're all criminals. We were all criminals. Once life came to me and I really began to see who my enemy was and who my enemy wasn't, my life began to have a serious transformation and I had already been in prison at the time for 31 years. You know, it was 12 more years, me, because of the way I had lived the first 25 years in prison. It was 12 more years of me with completely clean, no 115s, no nothing, before I finally got my first parole date. And I got it in 2012. I'm sorry, how many years? I just missed what uh, you said, Willie, and I think it's important. Um, I got my first parole date after I had did exactly 40 years. And I got that in 2012, 40 years after I was arrested. I was prepared to go home. I had given all my stuff away. I had left people CDs, tennis shoes, all kinds of stuff. The night before I was supposed to parole, they called me <laughs> up to the office and I had legal mail and the governor had took my date. I was supposed to parole the next morning and the governor had took my date and I sat on the yard broke for like an hour by myself. I couldn't go back to the cell, I was broke. And I called my attorney, she said, I know. And I, Tracy said, I know. She said, but look, don't blow it. She said, tighten it up. I didn't do nothing but go back the next day. When I got up, I had a program that I had been working on, me and two other guys. We had been working on introducing to the, to the program administrator on the yard called SEEK seeking to educate endangered kids. It was, it was a program for, uh, an intervention program for kids at risk, working with certain counties. A week after I got my denial, we presented that to the AW. She loved it. They still using it in Jamestown to this day. You know, I went back once and actually signed the kids graduate certificates and stuff. So rather than give up, at that point, I had recognized it's only one way forward. And when you mark with a life sentence, it's a different kind of mark than any other sentence in California's Department of Corrections. It really is. It's the most, we're the only people that the clock doesn't determine when we get out. Three mm -hmm. people do. And then the governor has the final say so. And he rejects as many as he accepts. That's the hurdle that anybody with life has to, has to fight through. That's why the need for the programs and the need for support from out here is so important. It's definitely. For people inside. Because 
it is only through programs like CGA, um, 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 ASA, ASP. It's only through these programs and individuals participating in them, individuals getting these trades, individuals getting training, individuals lowering their points, staying away from cell phones, staying away from stupidity. It is only like this that an individual in a certain class can find their freedom. And thanks be to God, I was able to do that. In 2014, I walked out. Um, and it hasn't been easy. Don't misunderstand. What I was fortunate enough to do before I paroled in 2012, I published my first novel. Uh, and I published another one in 2013. Um, I paroled in 2014. Um, I published another one in 2015. Um, I came out, went to college, um, started working for a security company, became the manager of the office, ultimately uh, went into business with the owner of the security company, and I continued in that vein. Just so everybody knows, Elizabeth Michelle, I'm not in California anymore. Um, I live in North Carolina. I'm married. Um, Yay! Yes. Congratulations. Married. You don't send a notice, no registry, <laughs> nothing. How long have you been married? I've been married uh, it's going on five years. You tell her I say congratulations. We'll catch up after the podcast. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> hey, no way. But no, if anybody got any questions to ask me, ask them. Because I could go on about, I didn't really want to go into gory details because that doesn't really promote anything positive. What promotes positivity is that the fact that, hey, you know what? It can be done. The majority, I run into people every day. I just came back from California. I was in California from the 17th to the 21st. I was in SAC. And didn't call anybody, didn't drop a note, no, nothing, I was, not an email, uh, not a Facebook up, hello. Up down the state, taking care of business and visiting family. But Well, that's but, more important. But, it, but um, I love where I'm at. I love the Good life I'm living. I, I think that we all need to promote the fact that it can be done. We have to show individuals that. You don't have to resort to your old ways. You really, really don't. And you know, the really crazy thing is everybody sees these as hard times, pandemic times and the rest. I've learned that that's when the most opportunities really are. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I look, everybody's hiring in North Carolina. I saw the same thing in Sacramento. Same so, thing out here. Yeah. So in other words, um, it, it, it's not as if opportunities aren't there. And it's not as if we're, we're not barred from the opportunities in the way, the blanket way that we once were. Right. It's there. So for me, hard times also represent opportunities. And I've learned that we should have all learned that lesson. Every one of us that's been in them cages, we should all know that. Every one of us should know that. If we've survived that and came to freedom, we should know that. We should also know that we got something to give. So Willie, I want to ask you a question because I know that we have a lot of guys that are coming up for parole as well as their families. And I'd like for you to 
talk about you've done so much amazing stuff, but what was the biggest challenges for you, Umpral, especially when you first got out? What kind of challenges did you see that maybe you can advise guys getting out on what to look for and, and ways to deal with? The biggest challenge is don't compare yourself to anybody else. Don't look at the fact that Joe Blow that used to be my friend uh, he's driving this, he's doing that, or my cousin so-and-so is doing this, guess what? You, you have your own set of fingerprints, you have your own path, your own destiny. Don't compare yourself. If you look around at what everyone else has, guess what? You're going to miss the mark. Everybody else hasn't lived your life. You have to be realistic. You have to be practical. You have to set goals. And you have to stay disciplined. Absolutely. We talk about discipline. We talked about discipline behind the walls all the time. Yeah, that's a real solid brother. He's real disciplined. This yep. requires a different type of discipline out here. There you go. The temptations out here are a multitude. This is a this is a total exactly. different type of discipline that, that's required, especially for us that were gone for decades, because we see we were like the movie Lifers. In, in real life with Eddie Murphy and them, they didn't know what the hell to do coming back out, right? <laughs> to a lesser yeah. degree, we, we, we experienced the culture shock. Yeah, we had, there were cell phones before we all left and blah, blah, blah. But the realities of some of it, I, you know, the fact that they didn't even have phones on the corners anymore. Whole bunch of stuff just tripped me out. Yeah. These are things. And, 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 then, and then the value system. You walk down the street or you walk in the door, people don't speak anymore. If you hold the door for a, a, a man and his wife, they think you're looking at their wife. I was just- And you can't take hold, it personally. For a man. If I, if I hold the door, if you're behind me and you're five or six feet from me, what am I to do? Let the door swing in your face? I, it's just a different type of courtesies and things that, um, that I, I grew up with that seemed to be absent. And, and it, it kind of shocked me. If you speak to people, I, I've never walked down the street or I walked down the streets in Old Sack because um, I was working in Old Sack for a while. And I, I'd walk down the street and I'd speak to people. And people just walk right by you. I'm like, wow, what's this? Those kind of things. It, it, mm -hmm. it's just, it was just almost like the rudeness of society. Yes. And so and you can't that, take that it personally. You have to just, you got to be set in yourself and just not take things personally because everyone's dealing with their own things or they're just in their own thoughts and it has nothing to do with you. And it's, it's difficult sometimes to realize that because it can be offensive when you speak to someone or try to show a courtesy and you're not obliged or someone might even get offended that you hold the door open for them. And, and, you know, and I'll tell you something else before I, my biggest obstacle when I came home was my very first parole agent. Okay. He That's what I want you to me, speak on, the real hard San, challenges. He knew me from San Quentin and he hated my guts. And the, when they assigned him to me, he was happy as, um, <laughs> um, Yeah, we say, got it. Yeah, A pig in dirt. Absolutely, a pig in right? dirt. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely, right. And and he gave me hell, right? But I, but 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 I beat him at his own game. I got off of it. I got I I, I got got away from him, but I did it legally. And 
So he had me going to these meetings um, over at Oak Park, right? No problem. Before he knew anything, I guess he thought that I was going to be lost in these meetings. Before he, he knew anything, before he knew anything, basically, the other parole agents was asking, Mr. Redmond, would you host the meetings? Well, of course. So now he's in a bad position because I'm there. I'm there before everybody else. I'm shutting it down. I'm helping making sure that everything gets handled. Then I, then I started actually working at three different transitional houses at the same time running groups in all three houses. So he really couldn't mess with me. He got so sick of me, he transferred me to somebody else's caseload who was a much more humane individual. You know what the best revenge is, right? To succeed. That's right. To succeed. <laughs> to yes. succeed. And, and again, you know, just, just putting it to you, if anybody got any questions, my life is, it hasn't been 100% easy, but I find that the people that are succeeding more are the people that did the most time. Those of us who stayed and had to fight that uphill battle, improve ourselves. Those of us who had to bring a trade, a, a relapse prevention program. Uh, you follow me? Those of us who really had to go in and, and basically sell ourselves to be, to be worthy of our freedom. We seem to really relish it, cherish it, honor it, and respect it more than anybody else that's paroling. And I so can only say, go ahead. So I wanted to, no, I wanted go ahead. to I'll you off. Yeah, go ahead. parole agent is my parole agent. Yeah, my former the parole agent, that my second parole agent that I ended up with is now uh, Sean's parole agent. <laughs> so we was talking about that when he was down here in Sacramento. Uh, he when he mentioned his name, I was like, "What? Like, that's my parole agent." So he don't even know he got my my my, my pops on there and me. So it's good. I want a good parole agent. Yeah, I want to I want to I want to interject for a second. Y'all um, let me, bro. How you doing? First of all, big bro. Again, uh, man, I want to say this, and I want to, I want, I want the listeners, listeners to understand this. Um, we call him Thin Man. Thin Man was like all of our like step pops, you know. <laughs> Even with him or not with him, you knew who he was. And uh, myself, that was the Compton name. Absolutely, myself. Uh, you know, being doing a life term, struggling and battling. I thought I was never getting out of prison. And we used to say, if they ain't gonna let brothers like that out, then we ain't gonna never get out. Yep. And, and I wanna say this, when Willie, we heard that Willie got found suitable for parole and he was actually going home, it changed many of our lives. It gave us hope that we didn't have before. And, you know, and hats off, kudos. And even though we haven't been directly working with each other, I just want the listeners to know we've been following his footsteps. Um, we went to the groups, we established groups, we facilitated groups, you know, we, 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 we gave up our old affiliation and association because we, we believed in ourselves. We learned how to believe in ourselves and we changed that game mentality because if you just got one person that's in concerted effort with you to do anything criminal, that's a game. And we're saying we're no longer a gang member. So we have to just 
separate ourselves from many people. But coming home, and I want to say this, I've been home going on a year. Um, Sean as well, you know, we, we work hard together. Awesome. Tirelessly. Tirelessly. Um, but Willie, like yourself, came out. You know, I got wow. my job working with the trucking company. Wow, um, I just want to make an announcement like yourself. I'm now part owner of the trucking company. Um, wow, absolutely. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Wow, I'm now part owner. Um, I'm considered an owner operator. Um, but I want to say this. It hasn't been easy. I've had to back up on a lot of things that I thought meant so much to me because you know, when you caught up with a bunch of different kind of relationships and commitments and obligations, you can't focus on you. So I just want to say this. One of the biggest things that I would like to say to people and families, when you're navigating your parole plan, let it be about you. Not, exactly. I want to exactly. go and be the best husband or the best son or the best father. Mm. No, let be the best person first. Exactly. Learn to love who you are as an individual, as I'm trying to do. And then you could be good in everybody else's life. Exactly. I, I came home believing that I was going to be so special in everybody's life, but everybody already got a life. <laughs> you know, exactly. they're already navigating. Exactly. And like Willie said, I came home looking at everything that everybody had, and all that did was have me feeling broke, busted, and disgusted initially. Initially. But then I realized, David, I was in 33 years. That's exactly. all they got in 33 years? That's exactly. all you got. I'm like, okay, I'm going to focus on me. And exactly. I just want everybody to understand no hard feelings. You know, I don't mean to bust nobody's bubble and all that, but I got to do what's going to work for me first and foremost, because I want to stay free. I want to be successful. And if I don't focus on me and focus on my success, then I may fail. And not as an individual, but in everybody else's life. Because I could be a good husband, a good father, a good son, a good brother, a good friend, but I got to be good to me first and foremost and, exactly. and stay focused. Mm -hmm. Stay focused. So I just want to put that out there. Exactly. Um, and, and and Michelle, thank you. Elizabeth, thank you. Sean, thin man. You know, I'm still saying thin man, Willie. But, oh. <laughs> you know, you Willie, are, you thank you for making my morning. Hey. Yeah, you are, you, are, you are a mentor, bro. And, 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 and CGA, if it wasn't for CGA, CGA helped me get out of prison. I know. Yes, I love you, know, man. I get out of prison. And people don't know what we go through inside and how we have to get our minds, you know, recalculated like a GPS system. I mean, Absolutely. really, you got to you got to recalculate because we have these negative beliefs for so change long. Your thinking. Yes. So, dirty, so nasty, nasty, and I know Sean. What get us? Yes. No, but we we out here, and this is just part one for this is part one for Willie. We gonna we gonna do this again, you know. But uh, Sean, I know you got a lot to say, and I just want to say thank you again, Willie. Thank you, everybody that's been striving. Now let's keep the let's keep the movement, keep the mo momentum of the movement, because we still have to help other people get out. Right. Um, also, I, also, I don't know anybody that's in the Sacramento area, but um, Dorsey Nunn from the organization All of Us Are None, they're gonna be having a rally, I think, next Saturday. I'll text yeah. you on the information. They're going to meet at the Capitol um, in support of a couple of um, 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 prison, prison reform uh, initiatives. And okay. uh, um, I'll text you the information. And it, it's something that I think people should like support. And even if you don't do nothing, but just log in and just log in and, and leave a message of, or comment or support. 
you know, because they they, they'll post it all and, and it'll all become public information. Yeah, that, that is a good one. I've seen that on uh on my little that happens uh, to be, preview thing. It was hey, good. By the way, I've been with Sean. <laughs> you yes, know, sir. Dorsey just happens to be another one of my cellies that uh, when I met him in 73 in Quentin, he couldn't read. He from East Pali Alto. He, he really couldn't read. But when he paroled in 75, he was reading by 78. He had a, he got 78. He had a BA by 81. He had a master's and was working at San Quentin in the, out, part, in, right in, there. In, out in the, in the prison law office. He worked there till he formed <laughs> all of us and none and all of us and none been in operation for 25 years. Yeah, That's so right. I seen you wearing a the hat when I was incarcerated. The organ, they um, the band the book, the band the uh, remember band the box movement where they was banning that thing, asking all the questions about the background and this or that. Right. Yes, sir. That was that was he was part of the organization that led that movement. So yeah. try to support brother them if you ever can. Absolutely. Right. So real right. quick, because I know Elizabeth got some questions. Uh, I just want to say thank you, pops. You know, like as Darnell said, you know, Daryl said that, you know, you was our role model in there. And and when you did change and flip over, even when you was in 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 the groove, right? You still used to give the youngsters a lot of wisdom. You know, you used to come out there, play basketball with us and talk to us and 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 your main thing was educating us because you Absolutely. was an educator. Absolutely. Right? And, and as Daryl said that um, when we seen that you had it, right? Well, first when they took it, we was like, yeah, we ain't gonna never get out. That That's out, right? But then, you know, as me and Daryl got to thinking, not necessarily true because we hadn't done as much as you, right? Because you are a legend, right? And so, uh, but when we seen you get out, it, 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 it changed, as Daryl said, it changed a lot of us, like we was like, whoa, he out, right? And then hearing, you know, and talking to you while I was in there and hearing all the good things that you was going through, uh, I'm proud of you. I'm Thank proud you. of you. I'm proud. No, I'm had. proud of you guys, man. You guys yeah. do me proud. You guys, I mean, you really, really, really don't know. The diff, I think one of the difference in me, and I'm going to say this and be quiet, and most of the other older brothers that have been back up in the shoe for them years and came back out, is that I never tried to talk at you guys. I never tried. It, for me, because I never, when I was younger, I didn't want them talking at me. I, you talk to young men. You try to find ways to have things in common. It's easy to sit over in the corner and watch youngsters do things that you know is, is dumb and, and laugh at them or point fingers at them when instead it's your duty as a man, as an older man to go over and try to say, hey, hey, that's, that's not how that's done. Let me show you this. Let me talk to you. Let me talk. I don't want to talk at you. Let me talk with you. Let me, let me listen to you. Let me respect your point of view. You, you, it, it's good. Everybody yes, got a good point of view. Well, and that's something that me and Daryl took. To let young dudes do that. That's why they couldn't relate to you guys. That, that's, that, that's one of the techniques. I, I'm not gonna lie. That me and Daryl was very successful at. Um, we 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 stole that tool from you. 
And that's why we had <laughs> such a great influence on the yard with the guys who were doing good, the guys who wasn't doing good, and the guys that was just in the middle, right? Um, we didn't, me and Daryl didn't talk at them, right? We, we conversated with them and just exactly. share things with them and not belittle them or put them down or make ourselves bigger than them. And so that's one of the great things that we learned from you and Richie Mayco also. No, I just and I use sports. Like that. I use sports. I come in, I come to the basketball court or the baseball yeah. diamond in a minute. Let's go. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and, and, and go get mine too. <laughs> yes, that's right. But well, yes, indeed. And and I and I stay playing that them sports out there. So I do want to thank you. Um, you know, it's nope. real life no out problem. here, what no you were problem. saying. Because no you know, problem. we go through some things out here, and that's that's some of the things that we're talking on the podcast. Is, you know, um, we want to start. I want to. We want to start getting something into the inside because we know how to get ready for board. We know how to. Get, you know, we know how to change our our, our 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 thinking in there and different things like when they just do the COVID, lock you down or do this. We know how to adapt to that. But coming to the streets, right? As we say, the bigger yard. Um, it's a lot of things that I had to adjust to. It was a lot of things that um, continually. Of, yes, yes. But you know what? That's what I was gonna say. You want to know something? One of the most difficult things that we ran into when I was doing the three transitional houses is the warm handoff program. It's one of the most difficult things to do. You pick somebody up at the institution, you, give, you get them their necessities, you get them to the transitional house, you try to do it. That's one of the most difficult transitions that there is. It really is. Um, I don't know how to make that process easier. I don't know if anybody does, but I think that if we really gonna make a meaningful difference, that's where it needs to start. Yeah, you could have a transitional house, but getting from the prison to the to there and then without losing your whole two hundred dollars in the process. <laughs> um or even but, figuring but, how to activate your two hundred dollars so that you can actually use it in the process if no exactly, one's there to help you. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, have okay, I had to have my sister do it. Exactly. And so these are things. But you that, had a sister. Not everybody has a sister. Exactly. These are the simple things that 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 dudes need more help. And let's face it, transitional houses are trying to run with the cheapest staff and the less staff that they possibly can. So they're cutting yes. down on a lot of vans, big vans, and 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 and, and things that were offered um, eight years ago when I came home. Yes. These are the things. These are the gaps that need to be filled. These are, in my mind, organizations need to, to network. You guys need to really look in California and try to figure out where the funds are at. Try to tap in with reliable and consistent organizations, not these flaky dudes. Yeah. Try to, period, because we all have a duty. It's like, Correct. Yeah, I have a, I got a, I got a, I got a slush fund. It's really a package fund for some people that had behind the wall. Yeah. Right? yeah. They're still there. 
you know, and Willie, as far as getting out, there's organizations like the Life Support Alliance based out of Sacramento. Their website is lifesupportalliance.org. And they can at least guide you in the right direction. They're phenomenal. They do have some correspondence courses, but they can really assist you with those issues. We need to, we need to actually, again, I think this is some shine you were talking about working with your LLC and putting something together. That's one of the things I think that you should be able to do. And then I yes. can get with Tracy Lum and give you, there's a packet, a parole packet, a parole preparation packet that me and Richard put together. Um, and we're still using it basically the basic model for it. Okay. That's something that, that, that guys that don't have it inside you might need to, to include that and, and put that together. That's another avenue um, to, to build on from out from the community to back inside and hook up and link up with these other organizations to get help and support and funding. Yes. Elizabeth, so, I know so you something, got something to say before we go. Hey, I was just very appreciative of Willie and his insights. Perhaps we could call this a part one because we definitely, I'm sure a lot of us have questions of part two. I don't really want to break it up too much. But uh, in terms of common courtesy, though, especially in California, in Central Valley, it's very much more like the Midwest in terms of common courtesy. But once you get outside of that into the big cities, then I do find as well that the courtesy is out the window. But here it's all that, the, the good morning, how's it going, chatting with people at the feed store. I mean, it's like uh, a wonderful world here, but uh, I've stumbled across after moving here from a bigger city that wasn't like that. So. I wouldn't make such a broad generalization. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I really did appreciate too the, the, I would like to talk about this more. And I think Michelle mentioned this at the beginning, the CGA program and stuff like that, because you have your jailhouse, jailhouse lawyers that are telling the guys, you know, the, the criminal jury instruction of what a gang member is versus a cr criminal gang's anonymous definition of what a gang member is. And in the parole process, like Michelle mentioned too, uh, the name, it's not the name, it's not the definition, it's not, are you a member? It's what is your mentality? Is your mentality a criminal? Is your mentality a gang member? So any of my guys that I try to make that point very strong. And I, I really appreciated the way Willie said his definition or the definition for criminal gangs anonymous because it's so important. They're really asking you about your mentality. So when they say, were you a gang member? Were you a member of XYZ gang? They're really not asking that in a technical way. They're asking that in a mindset way. And guys get Absolutely. tripped up so much about saying, no, no I was not a member. I wasn't a member. I'm like, you weren't? You're doing everything that the members do or asked to do. Or So exactly. I thought that was really so excellent of a clarification or just a, something for people to reflect on 
whoever's looking for this. So um, I think that I have a ton of questions well past 11 o'clock. So I really like, like it if Willie could come back and talk again with us because he was a big hit. Absolutely. 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 And Willie, this yeah. is my wonderful attorney, Elizabeth, who represented me at my board and who reached out to me when I got out. And um, nope. she's been a true blessing to me. She's part of my support team. And, you know, and I brought Daryl in and, and, and she's been great. Now we got Michelle. Michelle, so, you know, forming this beautiful little team and it, it's been it's been going beautiful. But that's who represented me and she didn't do no plan. You know, Tracy got hers, but uh, Elizabeth ain't no punk neither. You know what I'm saying? She's no, she's not. No, she's not. <laughs> no, well, guess Straight what, up. though? I'm just telling you. She hey, guess what? On and cut. No, no, you no. Know? We need, hey, check this out. We need as many more, hey, them brothers, all them brothers. Every, every brother back there with an L. We need as many Elizabeths and Tracy Lums as we can possibly get. Yeah, we warriors. Hey, we yeah, need warriors absolutely. in the battlefield in front of them three people with made up minds. And I heard Michelle ain't <laughs> no need, joke neither. The no, way we need warriors that, you know, that they, Michelle take. ain't no joke. No, so, Michelle so is uh, the premier. Premier, she's way up here. I'm an apprentice oh, I, under I, her. I need warriors <laughs> in there. <laughs> <laughs> we, go, we, we got a lot of work to do. Is that that's a lot of work to do? A long way to go. Care. And that's you don't find too many attorneys like that, but it's they're out there. And so I was I, able, that's one of the things I was able to experience. Because you know, in prison, you know what they say, especially state-appointed ones, or as we call state-appointed, but Michelle and Elizabeth broke that down for us. They're not state-appointed, right? They just work, that's their job, but they work for them. We're independent right? contractors, we are in Absolutely. private practice. We accept private cases. However, as a courtesy to inmates that cannot afford us, we accept clients from the state. But that's it. We're just independent contractors with the state. They don't control how we represent you guys. We go to war no matter who's paying for us. That's right. Thank you. Again, I'm just meeting with Miss Elizabeth. I already know Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to see your smiling face this morning, Willie Red. And then you have no idea. <laughs> all right, Look, I'm so happy to hear how well you're doing. As yes. well, we're gonna have to communicate, okay? Yes, sir. All so right. I'll send I'll send Elizabeth the phone number, and she can send it to Michelle. Okay, right. we'll do. Perfect, right. perfect. And if you send me that information, I'll put it on my Facebook page too about the event coming up. Oh, Got excellent, you. excellent, excellent. Yes. We'll do. Really, um, we'll please do. let us know, or please let Daryl know when you can. Um, come back and join us on a Sunday morning. It's always Sunday at 10. Got you. We would I'll love let, that. I'll let, I'll let Sean and Daryl know. Excellent. Excellent. And bring your wife. We can talk about lifers and wifers. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, right. There you go. That's right. There you go. Thank everybody. I want to thank everybody for all attending, right. all our listeners, family, friends. This is real. This is real. It is definitely it's real in the field. This is the it's light real. of suitability. Yes, and this sir. Is the, light, the light of those who have been found suitable and are continue, continually to be suitable in society. Lights are shining on yes. us. Must Thank you, Daryl. And the struggle continues. Absolutely. Yes, Thank indeed. you. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. All right, you guys have a wonderful. All right. Bye-bye, well. everyone.